Father, we ask you now, have your way. We release you to be God in this place, and we will not impede your move in this house. We surrender our will to your will. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Shekinah glory of the Lord. Amen, amen. I'm going to say a few words in this sermon, and I'm going to take my seat in just a moment, but I'm going to say a few words because I want to share a word with you before I walk out this door. I've got something I want to say. The text that was read in your hearing is there, and I want to read just a few lines of Exodus chapter 4. <clears throat> Exodus 4. And I want you to hear closely what God says. Beginning at verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth, or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Would you, if you're not too mean, I know it's cold and flu season, so just touch somebody's arm and just say, neighbor, the Lord is with you. Even in the next words to come from your mouth. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. When you feel like you're not enough, I'm closing the sermon series when you feel like you're not enough. <clears throat> What's interesting to me in this fourth iteration of this sermon is that Moses comes back one more time 
telling God what God already knows. As if he has some information that the divine doesn't already have. It's as if he has to remind God because God has forgotten him or forgotten what he's made of. He tells God one more time. This time he says, and the, the text actually reads, I am heavy of tongue and heavy of mouth. One of the Jewish midrashes puts it that when he was young, he put a hot coal in his mouth. May or may not be true. What's interesting is Moses tells God something God knew before they started having the conversation. Moses tells God something God already knows. Would you do me a favor and just look yourself up and down? I know you thought I was going to say look at somebody else. I'm talking to the person sitting in your chair. Look yourself up and down. Do it, do it. Actually do it. Look at yourself. And now here's what I want you to say to yourself. God knows even the things my eyes can't see. Because even when you look at yourself, if you had just got out the shower, there's much more of you you can't see. And God knows you on the inward parts of your body. In every area of your mind, he knows you. And what, what's interesting is that this first point might bother somebody, but this is the main point I need to drive home. And this time I want you to tell this to the person next to you and say, neighbor, God knows your flaws. Others may not know your flaws. Matter of fact, most of us can hide our flaws pretty well. We, we do a good job. They, there are whole industries for hiding flaws. They got special makeup to hide flaws. There are factories that make wonderful wigs and weaves to hide flaws. There are lifts you can put in your shoes to... There are shots you can put in areas of your body to hide flaws. You can ask some of the major athletes, there are plugs you can put in your head to hide flaws. You can look like you have an afro even when you haven't bought Afro Sheen in years. But God knows your flaws. Now, 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 notice the text says that Moses says to God, I'm slow of speech. 
I'm, I'm, and, and here's God's response. God's response is, who do you think made man's mouth? You going to tell me about how your mouth works when I made it? You're going to look at an omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent God and tell God that you can't do what he just assigned you because of your flaws? And here's the thing that, that, that blew my mind. If he is, and I believe it is so, all of the omnis I just mentioned, when Moses pointed out his flaw, why didn't God just fix it? Because you would think that you got all the juice. Why don't you just fix it? Why don't you just straighten it out, rub your hand over it or touch it or do something. Come here, Paul. You New Testament sagacious writer. Come, come here. You, you did say in 2 Corinthians that you had a thorn in your flesh. And you did say that you, with all of the anointing and all of the power, you the one who have seen God's power magnified by being knocked from your beast and having a conversation with God, you're the one who've been writing and telling everybody else how to live and do and praying for the sick and seeing recovery happen. Paul, you've been praying, why ain't you healed? Paul said, I, I prayed about it thrice, three times, three times I, I prayed and the only answer I got back was something I'm not sure I even understand now. He simply said, my grace is sufficient. So God if you're not in the flaw-fixing business, then what are you going to do with us that have issues? And let's be honest, some of our issues have issues. What God doesn't fix, God shows you how to work with. What God doesn't fix, he allows you to say, I will work with, come here, Simone Biles. Four foot nothing and tiny and impetuous and bouncing all over the classroom. And they said you got ADD and you're dyslexic and you, they can't keep you still. But they also didn't know that 
what they thought was a flaw would be made to do some flawless things and that they'd have to rename dances after you and rename twirls after you and rename jumps after you because what they thought was a flaw, I'll take it and bring you to the Olympics and allow you to score higher than anyone ever has. Come here, Michael Phelps. They say you a Bigfoot rascal. You got ADD. You don't talk too good. They say you got webbed feet. And they wanna, they wanna cut you, get you better. They wanna give you, but what they don't know is with your web ADD feet having self, when you get in the pool, there's nobody faster than you because there's something in you that, are oh, you. Come here, seal. You got an ugly scar on your face, man. That, woo. Yeah. But, but that scar doesn't stop my voice from singing doesn't stop my body from looking good and has yet to stop me from having fashion models think that I was one of the best looking men in the universe. You don't get me. Come here, Stephen Hawkins. I know you don't know God been keeping you, but let me help you out here. Stephen Hawkins diagnosed with ALS at 21, supposed to die in two years, lived long life, and in the midst of that life got to where he couldn't use any limb in his body, but yet his mind was so magnificent that he looked into the stars and began, oh, you don't get this. Sometimes you look at yourself and you let the petty stuff you go through keep you from being all that God wants you to be. Stop making excuses. Did you know the man that owned Virgin Airlines, Virgin Atlantic, Richard Branson, did you know they diagnosed him as alphabet soup, one them ADA, all the little letters put on him, but it never stopped him from becoming a billionaire. Words get jumbled in his mind. Numbers get jumbled in his mind. But somehow he got to be able to count up to a billion dollars. Jumbled him, Lord. God knows your flaws. And what God says, when I laid my hand on you, I knew you. Yeah, I know. See, you're going to get upset because somebody going to remember who you used to be. And they're going to remind you they seat you. And what you need to tell them is, yes, you did. See me now. 
since you sent me then, you ought to see me now and see what God can do with somebody that's been through what I've been through. You saw me then. Look at me now. You saw me at my lowest. Look at God elevating me to my highest. You saw me when I was down. Look at me now as God raises me up. You know, one of the greatest composers ever was Beethoven. But I always wonder, how can you write such great music and you're deaf? Stevie, Ray, they can't see the piano, but they can play. Sometimes you and I allow the things that are challenges to us to make us believe that we can't meet the challenges of life. And I came to tell you now, what God got angry with Moses about was not that he had a problem speaking, but that he had a problem trusting. Don't tell me what you can't do till you at least try. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that gets me in this text is, here's how good God is. I'm talking to folk when you think and you feel like you're not enough. Huh? Let me talk a little more then. Um, God says something to him. He says, uh, Moses, can y'all go back and read with me now? Verse 14, he says, so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well, and look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now, you don't even know how strange this is. So let me strange it up for you. Moses has been on the backside of the desert for 40 years. He hasn't seen Aaron in 40 years. There's no record of them hanging out. They didn't have Christmas, Mother's Day, or Easter together. They didn't, they didn't have Thanksgiving dinner. I know those didn't exist back then, but you get the point. There were no special holidays, no cookouts, no barbecues. They didn't have any family reunions because they weren't raised as family. God knows your family. Yeah, I know. See, sometimes you think that because they're issues, we weren't raised together. We don't really know each other like that. We got problems that you can't do what God said to do together. Oh, what you come preach, Watts. I'm getting ready to. God says, uh, Moses, your brother is on his way to meet you, and he's going to be delighted when he sees you. Hold up, wait a minute. How in the world? 
does God have it already set up for the help to be coming to encourage Moses to do the work before Moses even tells God about the problem? Can, can I preach this a little bit? God has anticipated your objection before you even offer it and he's already offered a solution to the problem that you're about to think that you're going to have. God said, I've already fixed this. You've got a brother coming. When you see him, he's going to be happy to see you. Get ready because he can stand alongside of you, minister with you. You're going to do some great things in God. Preaching wise, I'm getting ready to look at somebody and I say, neighbor, we may not have been born in the same house, but we family. You need to realize that God will put people in your life that you didn't grow up with. You don't really know that well. Don't talk to that often. But when you need somebody to stand by your side, God will provide the family support that you need. He'll have somebody walk right with you in the midst of your trial. Feel like preaching up in here and, and then there's something else in the text I'm just preaching the Bible y'all it's in the book verse 15 and 16 kind of gets me going he says now you speak to him and put the words in his mouth and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and I will teach you what you shall do so he shall be your spokesman to the people and he himself shall be as a mouth for you and you shall be to him as a God. Oh. He says, son, I'm not taking away your responsibility because of a lame excuse. If I wanted Aaron to do the job, I would have given the job to him. I gave you the task and I'm not going to take the task from you because you think you don't speak well, but I will let Aaron speak to you. But as I speak to you, you speak to him and tell him, make sure he understands to only say what you say because what you're saying is what I said. And you will be unto him as I am unto you, as God unto him, so that he knows that the word of your mouth is sacrosanct. It's holy. It's unto God. It is God's word. Don't reinterpret it. Say what God said. Because see, God knows your faithfulness. What do you mean God knows my faithfulness? Moses, I know when I tell you something, 
you're going to do what I told you to do. Look at somebody say, neighbor, it's a struggle to be a servant of God. Because sometimes what God says is not easy. I, uh, I was explaining this to my wife the other night. Let me see if I can help you understand this. I've only cried over a sermon once in my life. Only once. I've never cried over any other sermon. No matter how it came out, it didn't bother me. You know why? I knew I had studied. I knew I had prayed. I give everything I have to the preaching of the gospel. But there was one time when I had allowed myself to get pulled by people and things to do. You got to be over here. You got to show your face here. Got to do this. And I had not had adequate time, my kind of preparation, to get ready. When the service was over, everybody else was happy. I was in the office bawling. Nobody understood why I was crying. I was crying because I knew that everything I have, God gave it to me. That all that I am, I only live for one purpose, that's his service. And so I know that when I'm no longer of service to him, then he's going to take me. I have no doubt about it because I am a slave to Christ. And as doulos, as a slave, I got one purpose, and that's to be used. And anytime you get tired of being used, buddy, I'll replace you and put someone else in that stand. So you better get happy about being used and take it seriously because I can strike you down and raise another any moment of my life. That's why I get to the place where I have to be faithful because I realize he always can pick somebody else. Look at somebody say, neighbor, he didn't have to choose you, but he did. You need to act grateful. My preachers wonder why I get mad at them and aggravated when they don't take it seriously because I take it life or death. Life or death, baby, life or death because I realize I ain't nothing but a servant. Here, here, Moses, I know you're going to be faithful. Because you're going to say what I say, say. And now you are responsible, since you wanted this help, you're responsible to see that the help helps in the way that's going to be helpful. Y'all didn't get that yet. Let me help you here. Look at somebody said, neighbor, don't help me out by changing God's word. I don't, I don't need you to, to fix up nothing for me. I, I, when, when I preach a sermon, if somebody got a problem, tell them, come see me. Because you don't have to change anything. Because if God said it, he'll stand by it. If God spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. It's his word, not our word. We got to live by what he... I'm, 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 I'm done, I'm done. Y'all, 
Got one more verse and I'm going to sit down. I, I feel an anointing in this place. Here it is. Here it is. The last word. The last word in the text. It's in verse 17. I, I've been just reading word, just reading word. He says, um, and you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. See, God not only knows your faithfulness, but he knows your real faith. When God looks at him, God says, understand something. When you leave me, you're getting ready to go and see the miraculous happen. And before you walk off this hill, pick that rod up. Because you, not you might, not you ought to, you shall do this. Y'all missed it? I see you didn't get it yet. He said you shall, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Y'all missed it again. There are some things that God intends for people of faith to walk in. There are some things that God intends for faithful people to go ahead and let the world know that signs and wonders have not ceased with biblical days, but the God of all is a God of present. He is still saving. He's still delivering. He's still healing. He's still changing hearts and minds and God wants to do signs and wonders. Y'all didn't get me here. God is moving by his spirit moving in all the earth. Signs and wonders of his moving move Look at somebody and say, move. Look up to heaven and say, move. Oh, Lord, in me, in me, in me. Come on and bless his name. Come on, bless his name. Come on, bless his name.